This is Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Well, what a group of news this week. Donald Trump, President of the United States? Who would have thought? Well, you know what? I can't really give a political opinion on this. I'm actually not as surprised as some. You know what? He ran an aggressive campaign. He tapped into the needs of a lot of Americans and perhaps somebody else just didn't push as hard as she could. And there you go. You've got a new president coming in. Is he going to affect our real estate market here in Canada? I was on uh, with John Moore earlier in the week and that question was asked, you know, are we going to all of a sudden see a huge group of Americans coming over the border? I think my point uh, on this would be very straightforward. I believe that the last 24 months, we have seen a lot of people out of the U.S. buying some of our vacation properties. And more importantly, it's because of our dollar, not because they want to run from a, you know, into a safe haven, running away from their the political life that they're now experiencing, but more importantly, because there's still good value here in Canada. You know what? BC, Ontario, you know, more importantly, the Muskokas, Quebec, a lot of these areas have had an upswing, definitely of US investors, more importantly, because they use them themselves. These people are not coming in just to use them as investment properties. They're actually the ones that are occupying them. And it is interesting because when we talk about this, is it possible that, you know, Mr. Trump is going to have a lot of people want to leave the country? I don't know. I think it's going to take a while for us to figure that one out. But what I do believe is that it's going to, uh, you know, keep Bank of Canada in check. I think our interest rates are going to stay down. And quite frankly, they might even drop a little uh, because of what he may have an effect on the Canadian economy with some of the things that he wants to introduce. So we'll keep a watchful eye on this. And, you know, it's always interesting because, wow, what a circus that was. And we'll wait and see. This is, this is going to be very interesting. Now, I don't know how many of you people caught the actual show on Marketplace that uncovered a bunch of agents that I would say are, and, and you know, we always have to use the word alleged, but quite frankly, you know, they've rigged a system. They are making it difficult for people to be able to buy properties by pretty much holding off offers, make, guaranteeing people that their offer is going to get accepted. There's double-end situations that are happening. And, you know, this has always been one of my pet peeves because... First and foremost, as most people know, I only encourage you dealing with a full-time professional agent who understands the ethics and procedure of doing a multiple offer as well as a double end. And unfortunately, this is not being well taught in the system and people just throw caution to the wind and they only think about their pocketbook and I'm really having a tough time that this keeps going you know, along. So Rico's going to probably introduce a much harder fine on people and I think it should be. But there is a solution and they do it in the United States. They've done it in, in Australia. There's all sorts of different marketplaces that have utilized it, but it seems to fall flat here in Canada, and that is the auctioning system. And really, that would be the best scenario for people. You can look eye to eye across the aisle at somebody that is trying to outbid you on a home. I think it would be brilliant if they turn around and actually created a TREB auction house, which means that if there's anything more than, let's say, two or three offers that are registered, you can opt into having it auctioned. 
Now, you put, of course, your base, your, your, your limiter bit, so no matter what, it can't go below that. But you let people go head-to-head. And instead of people saying, I don't know what the other price was when they do the closed uh, offer scenario in a multiple offer, you actually can look across at somebody and they say, well, I'm going to give you 5000 more. And then you look at them and say, well, I'm going to give them 5000 more. And you have a fair chance. I think that this system should be implemented. I think it would turn around and take a lot of these problems away. And it's going to allow the purchaser to know who A outbids them and more importantly, what they're getting outbidded by during the process. Because a lot of times people say, listen, I put my best foot forward and ultimately in the end, they told me I had to put up more money. Well, how do you know if somebody else outbid you? Well, in an auction process, they could do that. So for uh, all the Treb uh, people out there, here's a suggestion. Create your own auction house, mandated that anything over three Uh, offers, you know what, take it to auction. It would work out and clean up the system. And you know what, it'll make people very serious about the process of buying and not just haphazardly throwing offers in. It's going to cut down probably in the number of bidders, but at the same time, you're going to have a lot better system. So that's my suggestion. Joining me now is Tim Hudak. He is CEO of Ontario Real Estate Association. And Tim, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Todd. Great to be back on the show. So, Tim, uh, obviously, (laughs) some really interesting stuff happened this week. Uh, Donald Trump elected you know, President of the United States, um, you know, I don't know. If your your perception, is it going to do anything to our real estate values or is it just going to be business as usual? Well, I mean, first of all, investing in real estate is always a good idea, right? I mean, the marketplace uh, over time is a good long-term investment. Uh, Toronto, the GTA are great places to live. And I always want to plug in, you know, for my, my home area in Niagara. So, you know, first of all, it's it's a good investment to make. Now, you're asking me, do I think a whole bunch of Americans are going to line up on the border and coming into Canada as a result of this election? I, I think that, um, you know, buying a, anything when you're very emotional is not a good idea. Maybe there's going to be a whole whack of celebrities like Alec Baldwin. And he's he's <laughs> going to leave. You can sell him a place, Todd. Sure. But uh, otherwise, you know, I think that most Americans are going to take a wait-and-see attitude. Some people like it. Some people don't like it. But do I think there'll be a whole flock of people trying to cross the Peace Bridge, you know, come Monday? No. Yeah. Uh, you know what, Tim, I, I would agree with that. And, you know, one of the things that people have talked about is that if they start playing around with some of our trade agreements that, you know, it might impact our interest rates, meaning keeping them down. But, you know what, I think a wait and see approach is probably best. I don't think anybody's going to do a major knee jerk reaction. I don't think our market's going to go through the roof by any stretch. Um, you know, I, I would call it business as usual. And, and I think that we can wait it out. Now, of course, um, you know, in, in Ontario here, uh, the, we're looking at the finance minister. He's going to be announcing, you know, um, you know, some of the things that are going to be coming up as far as, you know, rule changes, maybe helping out some first-time homebuyers. I think that's a positive thing. What's your take on that? Yeah, so I'm getting some really, um, I mean, I, I've been in politics before taking over as the incoming uh, CEO of, of the Ontario Real Estate Association. So, I, you know, I, could, I think I can read some tea leaves here. So on um, Tuesday, I was at the finance minister's uh, speech, his sort of economic update. It was actually quite nice. He, he recognized me in the room, said nice things, said good things about ARIA, and then talked quite a bit about making sure that home ownership is affordable, particularly for first-time home buyers. So that was music to, uh, to our ears in the industry. We, of course, have put on the table the notion of a first-time uh, uh, home buyer's uh, rebate uh, increase, 
It's a great plan that helps first-time home buyers by removing part of the land transfer tax. We've been pushing to have that catch up to modern real estate prices. And then we had a follow-up meeting with the finance minister himself on uh, Wednesday, and I thought that went really well. Excellent. So, Tim, you know what? Marketplace, of course, uh, you and I had talked last week about markets, Marketplace, uh, you know, video that was out. They were sharing some of the situations with some realtors. Um, you know, are the overall reaction from the public, of course, is what we should expect or should have expected. You know, uh, a lot of outcry. Obviously, people want to see some rules changed. You know, when you when you look at it, it's it's a pretty damning video. You know, it's it's like how you can't really defend anybody on it other than the fact that look at they you know people create this situation. It's pretty hard. One of the things I've always tried to encourage people, I think an auction uh, style way of doing multiple offers would be much better. You know, what's your take on it? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, um, what was unfortunate about it was we asked me in the program, and I was going to speak on behalf of uh, the real estate association to give the other side of the story about the tight rules and protections that exist. They declined that interview, so that was unfortunate, but I did appreciate being on your show last week to uh, talk about it. What hit me the most, uh, Todd, about this was how pissed off realtors were uh, at the show. Like, they want to see people that are breaking the rules or tossing out the Realtor Code of Ethics, they want to see them strung up, right? They want to see RICO come down hard on anybody who's taking advantage of somebody particularly when making the biggest purchase of their lives, like buying a new home for their family. One of the things, it's interesting that you say that because I think the people that you're probably referring to when we talk about realtors are really the full-time people, you know, that um, that are living and breathing this every single day, the people that have perhaps been in the business for a while, because I think they have a good perception and understanding on how the process should work. But... I think where where perhaps where, you know, Rico and, and I'm going to encourage people like Treb, Aria, and, you know, obviously all the governing bodies, is that, you know, refresher courses need to be put out there, helping people understand how multiple offers have to be performed. Because in my opinion, I think that there's so many realtors that are lacking the knowledge that they just turn around, they, they'll put a stack of offers and say, listen, my offer's here, you may as well go with mine, because I, I looked at those and they're not good. And I don't think they give everybody the due process. Yeah, you make a fair point, and, and that may be the case with some, uh, some part-timers or people that don't know the rules. Uh, the thing I worry about, though, is I think some of these folks, they do know the rules, and they're willfully breaking the rules, and that's why... You know, as the CEO, the incoming CEO of ARIA, uh, I want to see the government and RICO, you know, come down like a hammer on anybody that's hurting the name of realtors and taking advantage of people that are trying to get their family a home and get out of the apartment. And one of the things that I called for particularly was that first I set up a minister's meeting with a consumer minister to talk about how we can modernize the act, how we can give RICO more authority to pursue the bad guys out there, the shady operators, and get them out of the industry. And then third, let's get the fines uh, up to speed. They were set in 2002. They made sense for 14 years ago, Todd, but they're way too low right now. And I think for some of the shady operators, they just see it as a cost of doing business. Yeah. And and you know what? what based on commissions nowadays, you know, it's not too uh, difficult for them to pay for those fines and, and move on. So... Um, Tim, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Greatly appreciate your time today. And uh, you know what? We'll stay in touch and uh, make sure that we're updated with all the new policies and, you know, some of the updates that are coming with ARIA. So thanks so much for joining us today. Fantastic, Todd. You have yourself a great weekend now. Thank you. 
Folks, that was Tim Hudak, and he is CEO of Ontario Real Estate Association, joining me and some interesting stuff, you know, coming through. So when we come back from the break, I've got Dave Butler joining me from Butler Mortgage, and we're going to talk about some of the new TD interest increases. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. Always nice to have Tim Hudak put in uh, some information here. You know, Aria, um, he's now taken over as CEO of Aria. And uh, there's a lot of rule changes that should probably start being enforced with realtors. Now, I'm going to jump over to something that uh, made news uh, a week ago. And of course, uh, we've got Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage. Th- uh, thanks for joining us today, Dave. Hey, thanks a lot, Todd. So, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about two things, but first and foremost, TD raising their own, I would call it their prime rate that they're, they're functioning from by uh, 0.15%. Um, can you give us kind of why something like this would happen and will it impact the marketplace? Well, I guess, first of all, uh, what an unprecedented two years. I mean, 2015, we have uh, the Bank of Canada dropping prime and the banks not recognizing the full drop. And in 2016, we have one of the banks just deciding they're going to increase prime, their own prime. So um, basically, the story we're hearing is that with the recent rule changes, um, TD is one of these other banks with BMO and RBC, some of these guys that are funding some of these smaller lenders that are affected by the rule changes. Uh, they're basically buying a bunch of that paper. So at the end of the day, uh, they have effectively decided they are going they are going to be looking at higher capital costs, and so therefore they are going to increase their prime. Um, I think they hope that every other bank is going to follow. Um, however, uh, what I'm hearing from some of the ind- industry insiders is that TD had some really legal, some interesting legal writing in these variable rate contracts where it referred to TD prime. And a lot of these other banks do not have that same type of wording. So apparently some of these other lenders aren't even in a position legally to follow suit. Uh, so it's very interesting to see you know, what, what, what's going to happen because TD in a way right now is the rogue bank out there with a higher prime. Uh, on the business side of things, so for new business, if you're applying to TD right now, uh, they had made a big prime drop. So for instance, today, we can get as low as prime minus, say, 50 from TD. Uh, that's going to bring you down to 2.35. So it's still on par with what the other lenders are offering on the 2.7 prime. But effectively, uh, we're kind of waiting to see what happens because nobody kind of saw this coming. So, Dave, is this a little bit of semantics, perhaps, by the by the banks or by TD to do something like this? Because, as you said, you know, you can still get a reduced rate. You know, 2.35 is a very attractive rate, obviously. Sure. And, you know, you and I have joked about this for years, saying it's almost free money when you look at that, those rates because they are that low. So, you know, them going through the process, but then increasing their rate drop off their own, you know, individualized prime. It just, you know, it, I, I'm not quite understanding why, A, they want to do it. Is it, do they believe that the other banks are going to be that naive and just follow suit and then they can turn around and do a deeper discount? You know, it, at the end of the day, the crazy part is by doing the deeper discount on the current new business that's coming in, what happens to the people that are on the old prime minus 35, where they're now going to be at 2.5, right? So, I mean, the question is, 
is it semantics? It's interesting because certainly they've gone and deepened the discount so that there's not much of a difference between what they were offering before and what they're offering today. But those existing clients sure. have all basically been, you know, shenagled essentially, right? I mean, they, you know, and I, they, the conversation that I had with my TD reps was, well, what am I explaining to my existing TD customers that are certainly going to be emailing me about this? And they said that, unfortunately, it's in the contract. So that's kind of their, their, they're not giving us much leeway here, other than to say that, hey, well, for your new TD business, we're offering this deeper discount. So, I mean, it's, I've never seen this before. It's very interesting to me, uh, but certainly it, it seems like by what they're doing, they're not hurting their new business line that's coming out in terms of being offered the same rate, but then it's really the existing TD clients, I feel, that are the victims here. Sure. And and I would imagine in a lot of scenarios that, you know, this they, they could lose business here because, you know, they, if, they're, if they're running out on a term of any form, you know, if it's, if it's, you know, floating on a variable, but let's say they have a term and they've got to finish it off, you know, a lot of people are going to be scrambling saying, hey, listen, you know, you, you, you burned us once, why do we return to you? You know, we'll go to the other banks that are telling us straight up, this is how it is. Now, you know, you and I both watched years ago with, um, you know, BMO when they turned around and, you know, they went against uh, Mr. Flaherty and dropped everything below 3%, got their hands smacked. Uh, and then they brought it back up, and then a short while later they said, listen, you know what, we're controlling ourselves here, we're going to do it. Um, this is not the same scenario because it's not reducing to increase business. You know, I, right. Again, it's one of those, the, the, this facilitation of doing it doesn't make a lot of sense in this marketplace. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the whole thing about the BMO thing was they were at least dropping it for new business, and nobody was negatively affected by that in terms of their existing clientele. I mean, TD is effectively, I mean, their existing variable rate customers right now should be upset. And, you know, to your point just earlier, so what, you know, it, this could cause them some loss of business. I have had numerous, numerous phone calls and emails since this happened of people, of clients that are with TD that are happy to pay some penalty to get away from TD just to get away from the uncertainty, right? right? I mean, that's, that's literally they have found out that, hey, A, it's in their contract that TD can do this. So B, they're going to make a move, and they're they're okay paying their three month interest penalty just to get away from a lender that right now is acting uncertain. So here we are, you know, uh, middle of November, and one of the things that um, you know people start thinking about, of course, is Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I know that for yourself, a lot of times people roll over through Christmas and they want to start refinancing, get rid of credit card debt, things like this. Can you give our listeners some advice? Going Going through this holiday season? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it, you bring up a perfect point. Uh, refinances seem to be, uh, they have a little spike in uh, December and January and February. I think in December, certainly, uh, you know, people are looking at their past year and maybe doing a bit of a cleanup. I think in January, February, they're usually looking at maybe what they may have spent for Christmas, maybe they get their son or daughter a car or something like that, who knows. But uh, it becomes an ideal time to kind of just do a cleanup. Uh, we have a lot of our own clients that so just in every December, we'll speak to them, see where they're at with some of their current debt see if it makes any sense to maybe wrap it into a mortgage at a low rate. So, I mean, the best advice I can give any, any client out there right now is it's, it's, it's probably a really good time to approach your bank or your mortgage broker and just talk about, you know, maybe just kind of have an annual review as to where you're at and see if there's any loose ends that you think you can clean up uh, to get yourself better for the new 2017 that's coming. Yep, excellent. So, Dave, um, where can our listeners reach you? 
can reach us anytime. I'm, I'm actually really good on email. It's dave.butler at butlermortgages.com. And they can also call my office anytime at one 684 8326. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Dave. Always a pleasure, and thanks for the update. Myself as well. Thank you, Todd. Okay, thank you. Folks, Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage. Always great to have him on. Just keeping it straight and truthful. And when we come back, I'm going to have Ramana King from Money Sense Magazine join us. And of course, we're going to be talking about did Donald Trump have any effect on the real estate market, and will he? Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back to the show. Always great to have Dave Butler kind of give us the inside edge on what's happening in mortgages. But um, my next guest is Romana King, and she's senior editor at Money Sense Magazine. Always a pleasure to have her join us. And uh, welcome to the show, Romana. Hello. What a week in politics. <laughs> I mean, I you know, it's it's so funny. Uh, here at uh, News Talk 1010, it's been, you know, nonstop, everything about President-elect Trump, you know, everybody talking about it. Uh, I've been asked by a few of our hosts here to, you know, chime in. What do I think the market's going to do? Are we going to see a bunch of Americans coming over the border? Um, you know what? I always want to defer to you on your opinion as well, because you definitely have the experience. What's your take on Donald Trump being the new president-elect? Well, I think it was a huge upset. Uh, people didn't expect it. They didn't. Uh, they didn't think he'd get you know as far as being the leader of the Republican Party, and they certainly didn't expect him becoming president. Now that he is, though, everyone's trying to predict the impact. Everyone thought the markets would crash. There was a lot of blips in the market, but uh, for the most part, they weathered the storm. The longer-term impact on Canadian real estate, though, is a little uncertain because we don't know how Americans are going to react and how they react will certainly impact how Canada and certain markets within Canada will uh, be affected. A couple things that, um, you know, obviously, if we're looking at, we know that the vacation properties have had a little bit of an uptick on U.S. investment because, you know, our, our Canadian dollar being as low as it is, you know, we're kind of a safe haven when it comes down to vacation properties. So, you know, we might see a little, my, my personal take is we might see a little bit of an uptick, not much. But I don't, I really don't think we're going to see a lot of Americans coming over the border. Well, I mean, that's just it. It's the Americans are the number one buyers of foreign buyers of Canadian recreational real estate. We've got them in Muskoka, Whistler, Canmore, Alberta. They're uh, right all over to the East Coast. And we know that from the 2008 financial crisis, when Americans lost a lot of their net worth, that there was a huge pullout. And that seriously impacted Canadian recreational markets. Um, you know, Halifax and New Brunswick, there are certain segments there that are still recovering. They're only just coming up to the levels that they saw 10 years ago in terms of price point. It could have a serious impact if Americans pull out, if they decide they're going to retrench, uh, become, uh, you know, a little bit protectionist and, and want to protect their net worth. If, on the other hand, they decide, you know what, we're going to, you know, leave the states and sort of bunker down in Canada for a little while, it could have a big impact on both the recreational uh, property market as well as urban environments. You know, we could see people deciding that they want a Toronto address or a Calgary address. I don't know if they're going to flock to Vancouver because there's a foreign buyer's tax, but uh, they certainly could push prices up in certain urban centres as well. Yeah, and that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And again, I think, I think it's a real wait-and-see scenario here. 
One of the things that uh, has been brought to everybody's attention is the fact that, you know, uh, Mr. Trump's not a, fa- a fan of NAFTA. He thinks that, you know, renegotiating, you know, current contracts, you know, he's going to probably want to do some different trade agreements, things like that. And one of the things that, you know, they're, they're saying that the Canadian right now, the Bank of Canada, well, it could potentially react by lowering the the prime rate. Uh, is this something that you think could happen? And, you know, if it does, then again, that, that again, relieves the pressure of what we're, we've had always on the back of our minds is when our interest rates going up, you know, this might stabilize or even have them decline over the next couple of years. Well, and that's the fear. And, and it, uh, it sounds great if you're a home buyer that these rates are staying low, but it's it's actually not great for the envi- uh, for the economy. Uh, the Bank of Canada is looking at lowering a potential lowering interest the overnight rate because they want to stimulate growth in the economy. The reason why they need to stimulate growth in the economy is any protectionist measures from Trump or anyone else will really hurt Canadians in their actual paychecks, in their bank accounts, because you're going to see job losses. If we, you know, right now Trump is faced with uh, lumber, soft lumber. And if he decides he's going to take a protectionist stance, we could see job losses across Alberta and, and uh, BC. That's going to hurt the real estate market because people, they're not buying homes if they don't have incomes. Bank of Canada wants to protect our economy, keep it stable, keep the employment rate up. It wants to entice business to spend even if there's a contraction in, in exports. So what are they going to do? They're going to use their only you know broad axe tool that they've got, and that's going to use the interest rates. So it, yeah, we could see you know continued low interest rates. That's not necessarily a good thing. Um, it's just a measure to try and keep the economy stabilized. Let's go to the next talking point. Um, Marketplace uh, here um, ended up putting out a, uh, a show that was actually actually showing realtors in the midst of doing unethical activities by, you know, not uh, not presenting all offers. You know, we're talking about double-ending situations, you know, where they were, you know, more worried about their own commissions versus, you know, allowing all buyers to have a fair play on it. And, you know, we've uh, we've had Tim Hudak weigh in on this uh, from, he is now the new president of, uh, sorry, the new CEO at Ontario Real Estate Association. And, you know, saying that, you know, a lot of agents are outraged, you know, on, on how some of these agents are performing and what they're doing to the actual marketplace itself. I've always been one of those advocates saying, you know, I would like to see an auction system come into place. If people cannot turn around and perform their duties ethically, then maybe we turn around and do more of an open forum for multiple bid offers. What do you think? I mean, this, uh, it's, a, it's a big thing right now. We've had so much press about, you know, the unethical actions of certain individuals and certain companies in Vancouver. Now we're starting to see that, you know, it's not just Vancouver, that there are, you know, people that practice uh, unethical business across Canada. And Toronto is definitely a market where it, it happens. I think that the marketplace uh, video shows, you know, poor practice by, you know, minority of individuals. Double ending or, or what they call, you know, someone representing two sides of the party, the buyer and the seller, that's fairly common with across Canada, especially in smaller markets where you have maybe one or two brokerages that represent the entire town or city. Uh, you're going to get multiple representation. People forget that multiple representation isn't just about one person representing both buyer and seller. It's one brokerage. So if I, if I belong to a brokerage with 100 different agents involved in that brokerage, 
any two of us could represent the buyer and seller, and that's a double-end uh, transaction. That means that we're both representing uh, the buyer and the seller by the same agent. It's not necessarily a bad thing. What's bad is when people take those rules, take those those uh, those requirements, and then they ignore them or they become fraudulent or unethical. And in this case, saying, you know, I'll, I'll give you private information that I shouldn't be giving you in order to tip the scales in your favor. That shouldn't happen. Um, I, I'm glad the Marketplace video came out because this does happen, and I think that uh, good realtors get tarnished with a bad brushstroke with this. Uh, but we certainly need to see, uh, you know, rules in place or at least harder penalties for people that act like this. And I think, you know, the Ontario Real Estate Association was very proactive about coming out and saying, listen, we don't tolerate this behavior. We will look into this. We will make sure that the rules are tight and the penalties are stiff. Um, does it happen? Yes. And I think that it's uh, it's a reminder for buyers and sellers that you are dealing with an individual that does have access to private information. Be careful what you tell them. You know, if you're going through a divorce and you need to sell your house, do you absolutely need to tell them that? Yeah. And and a lot of times I think that, you know, people put in so much faith into their actual realtor uh, thinking that they're just, you know, they're representing them. But yet, again, when we talk about, you know, and it's a, it is a select few, you know, the realtor is more about, you know, representing the actual realtor and making sure that their pocket's getting lined. And this is where we've seen the crossover, you know, during a multiple or what I would say a double end, a true double end, meaning one person representing both parties. Um, you know, what's your take on the auction idea? Because, you know, it, it has worked well in the U.S. It's, uh, you know, taking, getting some ground uh, in Australia. You know, I think that if they're working with multiple offers, I think some people might like the idea of saying who they're going head to head with. Well, I mean, I think it's a great idea for transparency's sake, but I don't think sellers really want an open auction. They want the, they want bids to be hidden because they want to drive up pressure in sales and they want to drive up that price. And I think that's why, as much as auction has taken gained some ground in the U.S. and Australia, it hasn't gained ground in very expensive homes. Um, you know, there's there's always the outliers, the twenty eight million dollar home that has to be auctioned off. But for the most part, even you know celebrity homes, they don't get auctioned off. They get you know private bids private sales so that nobody knows exactly who the other people bid on how much the other person bid on why well it drives a price sure. you know when you've got a if you go to Sotheby's or any other um, you know auction site where they're auctioning off art you know there's silent bidders why because it drives up price people want they want the idea that they are getting the best deal and spending the least amount of money, but they want to win that price too, so it drives up the price. It's an auction mentality. Sure. I think it's a great idea for transparency. I think sellers are the ones that are going to drive the interest in whether or not they want that, and we just haven't seen it take off because of that. I'm yep. not going to get a, as high a price a home a price for my home if I go to an op, uh, open auction. Yep. I just won't. Yeah, fair enough. Excellent. Well, listen, Romano, always a pleasure to have you on the show, and I look forward to uh, you know staying in touch, and you know, let's keep our eyes on the market. Thanks, Todd. You too. Take care. Thanks so much. That was Romana King, uh, folks. Coming up next, I have Judy Marcells from Hamilton, and we are going to be talking about the real estate market there. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. My next guest is, I would say, a veteran in the real estate market, but more importantly, is a huge advocate 
of a market that we have been talking about for years here at Simply Real Estate, and it is the Hamilton market. My guest is Judy Marcells, and she is broker owner of Judy Marcells Real Estate. Um, she's also, uh, incredibly, she was the first woman president of the Metropolitan Hamilton Real Estate Board, and uh, I'm very happy to welcome her to the show. And Judy, thanks for, so much for joining us today. Well, I'm delighted to have been invited, and I'm also delighted to share my knowledge of uh, Hamilton region with your listeners, and to helpfully help promote <laughs> our area to the listeners. So let's, let's talk about Hamilton for a few minutes, because obviously, you know, your marketplace has uh, has gone up a lot over the last, uh, let's say, five, ten years. We've seen a huge surge of people wanting to move towards the Hamilton area. We've seen developers coming in, redeveloping, you know, doing a re- nice facelift. There's so much to offer. And, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, I've talked about Hamilton for so many years is I've always been a big believer of the brick and mortar in Hamilton that I always thought there was great value behind it. But recently, CMHC actually has flagged it saying, wow, the values are up really fast, really high. Are you still finding that the Hamilton market is remaining strong? And, what, and, and you know, can you explain to our listeners why Hamilton is such an incredible market? Well, first of all, um, yes, Hamilton is a wonderful place uh, to live. It has both the uh, perhaps connection of a small town, but it has the reach of a big city. Uh, We have so many different elements, uh, whether it's the waterfalls, whether it's uh, the waterfront, and whether it's the Niagara Escarpment. We have so many things here that people can really enjoy. Plus, we have some wonderful heritage properties that in other cities, uh, namely Toronto, would be a fortune. But Hamilton still offers a reasonable value for these beautiful homes. Now, I must remind people that we have seen an increase in value in the last year or so, and it's predominantly because of a lack of supply. And trying to educate uh, and certainly bring that knowledge and awareness to consumers is very important. Um, because we're an interesting community in Hamilton. We are the second oldest demographic, and we have a little bit of a demographic block at the moment in available property. Um, In October, for example, statistics identified Hamilton end-of-month listing inventory down 31%. So that's a bit of a challenge, and certainly it's uh, pushing prices up, but we would still welcome anybody and everybody to Hamilton to enjoy our city, to enjoy this change that we're seeing. Uh, We have, uh, for example, the city is now engaging in a program called Music Strategy, and we're going to be looked at as being the go-to music city. Wow. Yeah, wonderful things going on here. So a few things, um, you know, obviously, you know, we can't, we can't talk about Hamilton without actually bringing up a past because there's always been a bit of a misperception that has evolved out of Hamilton, you know, before, you know, you were dealing, you know, they would always consider Hamilton a steel town, you know, they always thought that, you know, the properties were a little older, not, not as tidy, let's say. And, you know, I'm pretty sure since you've been there for so many years, you've seen the evolution of this, people coming in, you know, cleaning up areas, you know, them them repurposing areas, things like that. But of course, you know, there are still those, that perception out there when people say Hamilton, they immediately think of that old steel town. And, you know, is this something that you find is a little bit of an obstacle? 
No, because that's part of our history. We have a rich, uh, rich history with respect to the steel industry. Having said that, we are now, our number one employer is healthcare and education. So we're attracting a younger generation who are engaged in the healthcare field and profession. We are engaging education uh, professionals. For example, McMaster University is, was just rated as one of the top universities in the country. Uh, we've got Mohawk College. We've got all kinds of wonderful. Redeemer College comes to mind. Wonderful facilities. Um, and then you couldn't get any better than our cardiologist at uh, uh, the Jarevinsky Healthcare. We're one of the top cardiac uh, care facilities, I think, in the country now. So, there, you know, while steel is at our roots, and we're still very proud of what they do, we are evolving, as you identified, into a very different community. Well, one of the things that I've recognized is that you've got a lot of builders now moving into the Hamilton area. You know, you've got a lot of new condominium developments. Of course, you do, as you mentioned, you've got the waterfront. And we're finding that builders are able to release, um, you know, new developments at... I would say, you know, higher market prices now uh, because I think Hamilton's broken through that barrier. So you've got more developers looking at creating the condominiums. And so, you know, we are seeing a price surge, as we'd mentioned. You know, your next door neighbor, Burlington, of course, has evolved as well. And so that gives you a nice kind of, you know, neighbor to be working from and with because there's been strong development there. Are you finding that a lot of the buyers now coming into the marketplace, they're looking for the newer homes or are they, you know, still looking at some of the older homes that they can fix up? Well, I think it's a balance, to be honest with you. Um, There's, you know, always a demand for a newer product. But I would suggest the newer product right now of interest is the condominiums. As the baby boomer pluses start to look at what is their next lifestyle, uh, what does their next downsize home look like, and uh, those sort of things. Um, I will say one of the fascinating elements with the younger generation, and the they all want the urban experience, which is wonderful for Hamilton, but sometimes they don't know how to deal with the older homes as far as maintenance upgrades and so on. So it can be a challenge, and that's where we try to provide them with a number of options of support and, uh, you know, different tradespeople that can help them manage the uh, renovation and upgrade because we have some fabulous bones when it comes to our homes here in Hamilton and walking distance to the waterfront. Um, Lock Street, for example, has become a wonderful music center. Um, There's just so many things, I don't even know where to start. I get so excited about it. (laughs) So folks, if you're just tuning in, I've got uh, Judy Marcells. She's with me. She is broker owner of Judy Marcells Real Estate in uh, Hamilton. You know, uh, a long time advocate of Hamilton working in the industry for years and years. And, you know, Judy, one of the things that, um, of course, here on the show, we try to, you know, direct people in an affordable manner because we know that the GTA obviously has had such an escalation. It has become unaffordable. If if we're talking uh, about first-time home buyers, let's say, if they're looking for, let's say, a detached or semi-detached, is there an average price range that people can get into or enter the Hamilton market that makes it affordable for them? Well, again, it's all sensitive to where they want to be located. Uh, you know the old adage in real estate, location, Disney. location, yep, location. Of course. Um, so some of the areas that were formerly 
uh, seemed very, very much undervalued, have started to enjoy some leverage uh, relative to the demand side as identified. So the waterfront is still, um, you know, under 400000 on average, according to the statistical information. Overall, uh, right now, the median sale price in our area, again, I'm looking at stats when I say this, is 400000 So uh, relative to Toronto, I think where it stands closer to 800 right now, um, we are very much more affordable. Um, now, having said that, uh, year over year, yes, prices did go up 20% on average. But I think we still have a lot of wonderful, wonderful homes that uh, first-time home buyers would enjoy. Now, some of them may need some upgrading because when you're looking at baby boomer pluses who've been in the house for 40 years, um, perhaps the attention to the lifestyle that the younger generation wants to enjoy may need a little bit of po- uh, polish and and upgrading. Sure. And one of the things, of course, is that you have the GO train that is able to bring people into the GTA, which is very positive and makes it a lot more easy for people to access. Yes, and we're so proud of that. It's relatively new. Uh, we have the new GO train station on James Street North. Um, people are just, interestingly enough, kind of getting used to the idea. We fought so hard for it for so many years, and uh, now it's here, and we're trying to accommodate that. And we certainly have seen a push uh, on uh, the demand side for homes in that area in the last year. Um, And, of course, given our lack of supply, that is also pushing prices up. But that area of the city uh, is older. And um, I noticed the other day there are a couple of new homes uh, where somebody's torn down an old house. But lots of opportunity. Yeah, excellent. Well, listen, Judy, we greatly appreciate you uh, joining us today on Simply Real Estate. And definitely, you know, hopefully we can stay in touch in the future. We're going to keep our eye on our Western market there. And thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for the opportunity. And I would say to anyone in the Toronto area, come on down. Come and call us. We'll be happy to give you a royal tour. Excellent. And what's your website they can reach you at? www judymarsales.com. Excellent. Thanks so much, Judy. Okay, take care. Have a great day. Bye. So, folks, that was Judy Marcells, and she is broker-owner of Judy Marcells Real Estate in Hamilton. Listen, one of the reasons why I thought it was great to have her on is that she is a professional, been in the industry for a very long time, has watched the market change. And, you know, this is one of those things that, you know, keeping things in perspective, you've got affordability. Sometimes you have to go a little bit further. And Hamilton, by far, um, you know, is it's not that much of a stretch. You can hop on the GO train one hour and you're into Union Station. And more importantly, the affordability, as Judy had said, if we're looking at an average detached in around $400,000, that makes things a little bit better. So excellent to have her. I'd like to thank all my guests for joining me today, of course, here at Simply Real Estate. Always a pleasure to have Romana, Tim Hudak, uh, Romana King, and Dave Butler joining me because we have a great time talking about all the interesting facts. And, uh, you know, interestingly enough, we'll see if Mr. Trump's going to affect our real estate market. I don't think so, but I'm sure we'll find out in the near future. I want to thank my producer, Ian Grant, as usual, and all of you for tuning in. And thank Thanks so much. You're going to uh, be able to next week uh, call in with your questions and uh, we're going to open up the phone lines so we can chat more about real estate and what interests you. So I'm your host, Todd Z. Slater. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week.